Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is becoming a very, very draining situation, and I just want to know what happened. Keep it simple, honey. I am not your honey, okay? And it's not my fault that Florian's sugar want to taste my honey, okay? Sugar? What kind of sugar are you talking about? He's the sugar, Florian. Oh, and you got honey? Why would sugar want honey? Wouldn't honey want, like, bees or something? I don't know. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Wow, what's going on? This was the finale of Happily Ever After. They are going to be doing a three-part reunion. I'm not sure if they're going to be hitting us like boom, 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 Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm hoping not. I hope they break it up into at least two weeks. Um... But yeah, this will be a little bit of a break until October 11th. I guess this really would only give me like one or two weeks off of 90 Day Fiance. And I am grateful for that. (laughs) So uh, what are we going to be doing? The Family Show tells about the start. I'm not sure if I'm going to be talking about that. I might just like touch on it when an important episode comes on, kind of like Darcy and Stacey. But other than that, I think I might be free from Happily Ever After for a little while before the 90 days. I don't think that there have been any announcements about the 90 day fiance universe save for uh, the family Chantel, which is crazy. It's wild. Uh, Let's get started with 
Darcy and Stacy. Oh, shoot. Before I, I should talk about Larissa, right? So things are really up in the air with Larissa. I'm not sure if you guys knew, but on Saturday, Larissa and Eric were planning on moving to Colorado. They announced this. They bought a house. They were really excited. On Saturday, they were still in Vegas on their way to their home. And Larissa got arrested by ICE. Crazy, right? Real crazy. She got released later that day and was claiming everything is fine. But TMZ, the demon media outlet that they are, but you know what? They always have receipts. Somehow got a hold of some documents that said that she's basically, um, what, how do they place in removal proceedings in accordance with the Immigration and Nationality Act? And she has a hearing coming up to determine if she'll have to surrender for removal from the United States. So that really fucking sucks. That really sucks. Like America is in enough chaos as it is. I can't imagine the insecurity and instability that is added on by not being a legal citizen in here. Like so many immigrants that come to this country that have been just thrown into an absolute tailspin by this administration and administrations before them. And you know what? Defund ICE. Defund ICE if only for Larissa. <laughs> it's not funny. But like truly, I, I can't imagine how she must feel. Like that's really, that really fucking sucks. That really sucks. <sighs> Let's move on to Darcy and Stacy. So COVID is officially in full swing in Connecticut. Darcy takes a little ankle and aspirin to the grocery store because they're a week into quarantine. The girls are not going to school. Um, ankle, I think, is really upset because she had just bought a dress for prom and she might not be able to wear it. Darcy came up with the genius idea to just make a TikTok wearing your dress. And you know what? She did. She did. Um, Darcy's afraid that you can get COVID in your hair and your eyes and your ears and honestly, this might be something that she needs to be concerned about because we've all seen the state of Darcy's hair and her weave. I'm sure a couple different, you know, biomes are in there and she cries a lot. So maybe her ear, her eyes are a little bit more vulnerable. I don't really know the science about that. Like if anybody can get me in touch with Dr. Fauci, Darcy might be like a great patient zero to see if that might actually be true they go to the store they can't get toilet paper darcy's very concerned they can't even get ice cream another concern of theirs they see in florian's apartment got shut down due to covid because they were living in like a small apartment above a nail salon i believe or just a regular salon so they had to go to a hotel before they could find a more permanent place after they move in, more video of Florian with this girl, the Nadia Solomon Octomom lookalike, gets released. And it's kind of like a quintessential caught red-handed situation. They're in a hotel room. Florian is, like, posted up in the bed. He's fully clothed. And... He's just, like, hanging out. He's not even, like, fully in the bed. This is not a Michael Darby from Potomac situation. 
he's sitting there and homegirl starts recording and says oh my sweet as soon as he realizes that she's recording he gets up and is like oh what the fuck are you doing and it's a an iffy situation i mean he clearly didn't want to be caught with her clearly very angry but florian is always angry about something that doesn't really make sense this one he might have a point on but we get video of them fighting outside in the parking lot and Stacy gets in the car and is like you don't want to talk to me so I'm gonna leave she does treat us with footage of the video and basically he is completely shut down and refuses to talk to Stacy about what happened Darcy however like COVID be damned she is intent on meeting up with Georgie so we get her FaceTime and this is classic classic Darcy using her tears as defense to get what she wants she almost cries three times in the course of what appeared to be maybe like a two to three minute phone call FaceTime call first she cries because it rings too much and she was scared that something was wrong with Georgie then she starts crying she's like is your family in bulgaria okay he's like yeah i mean things are really bad but everybody's safe and she starts tearing up and then she just full-on cries because she's like i want you to be with me and i want you to have some like family and be around family and you know why don't you be with me and come to connecticut and stay with me fully crying is a way to manipulate him into coming to connecticut from DC in a full-blown beginning of the pandemic Georgie's like I'm fine if your idea to bring me here is to if your defense is like I need to be around family like don't worry about me I'm totally fine I probably should be here you know like 10 days to two weeks we'll make you time to see each other eventually she's like okay okay (laughs) He is completely unbothered. She gets off the phone with him. He hangs up, by the way. <laughs> they get off the phone and she's like, I'm just so worried about him. Like, uh, girl, girl, come on. So then we have Stacy finally meet up with Florian. She says that she has not spoken to him since the video. Uh,. Okay, so he's still, like, really sheepish about everything. But he claims that he never slept with this girl. I think her name is Shakti. And he's like, you know what? We met up for coffee. I hung out with her for a couple hours. And I just felt like she was trying to make it seem like we were together and recording me. But honestly, like, I didn't do anything. Why... He basically is like, oh, she manipulated me into going back to a hotel with her. How do you guys go from coffee to a hotel? How does she manipulate you into hanging out with her? Why were you hanging out with her for two hours? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. Shit's not adding up. But Stacey claims that just because the video doesn't look like... He was really into her that she just, like, decided to accept 
whatever truth he gives her. Okay. Thank God for Darcy, who saw this video and was like, I'm going to hit this girl up. So she FaceTimes her. She is in a full, like, Lieutenant Dan meets, like, Fashion Nova, like a sparkly, one of those, like, headband things and uh, camo jacket and some bell bottoms. And she FaceTimed Shakti. And she's like, so what's happening? Shakti says that he, Florian DM'd her on Instagram. His story was like, I've been in this relationship for four years and, um, Stacey treats me like a dog on a leash and I'm like on a short leash with her. And she was led to believe that they really weren't together like that. And, yeah so Darcy's like all right honey so tell me what really happened and this is like who's on first Shakti goes I am not your honey and it's not my problem that Florian Sugar wanted to taste my honey and Darcy's like Florian's sugar he's like yeah Florian is sugar and Darcy goes I don't think sugar likes honey like doesn't honey like bees is that how nature works <laughs> Oh, I just adore Darcy. I really, really true do. So Darcy calls bullshit on the whole situation. And frankly, so do I. It seems very like this girl just wants attention. She keeps sipping her water and looking into the camera like, oh, I'm that bitch. And he just wants me so bad. And I'm mad at Stacy too. I'm like, why on earth would you be mad at Stacy? make that make sense but Darcy's like I'm done with this she hangs up the phone and waddles her way back to to the house and that was the end of Darcy and Stacey I think next week they the four of them go to like two individual they call it apartments but it just looked like a hotel room uh to stay with Georgie and Florian respectively and we'll see how that goes. Apparently there's gonna be yet another video coming out about Florian. Wow. Mess. Mind blown. They are so big. But she pulls it off and they look really good on her. You look like a total different person to me. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Can I yeah, touch them? Beautiful. Yeah. Mine. Ah just kidding. All right, so moving on to happily, excuse me, happily ever after. I guess we'll start with Sinjin and Tanya. For a finale, this was kind of a weak finale. i assuming that maybe it's because of COVID. But yeah, this really didn't go out with a bang like I'm used to with the 90 Day Fiance franchise. So let's start with them. It's basically time for them to go back to America from South Africa. And Sinjin's really, like, he seems very on the fence and, like, not really trying to go back. So, they go out for ice cream before leaving. And Sinjin says, you know, it's really going to be tough to go back to America. And he kind of reiterates that, you know, we wouldn't be married if it wasn't for the 90-day restrictions. And... Tanya kind of this was probably the healthiest conversation that I think they've had because Tanya was able to say her piece 
without freaking out and getting labeled as like a villain or a bitch. And Sinjin was being honest and forthright about his failures in the relationship. And I, it was weird, but I like to see it happen. Tanya says, you know, I'm just confused because I feel like I'm very committed to this relationship and Sinjin is not. It Our commitment levels don't match and I'm really confused about what commitment looks like to Sinjin. Because Sinjin keeps saying, like, this is the most commitment that I've ever had in my relationships and they're just not really on the same level. You know... <sighs> <laughs> I was really very much Team Zinjin in the beginning. I take it back. I see, not the error of his ways, but I see how somebody like him would be so annoying to be with. Because I don't think he's really prepared to be in a marriage, in a partnership, in the way that that Tanya wants. And I think in the way that most people expect their, their marriages to go. But at least this is the first time where he's been fully he's fully admitted to the fact that like I need to do better I know that if I want to continue to be in this relationship and I do then I need to change and Tanya also says you know I hear that you're making promises and I want to wait for you but I'm not gonna wait forever so I really like that Tanya really seemed like she thought that Sinjin was breaking up with her, but he kind of turned it around being like, you know, I really want this future with you. And they kind of ended their story just being on still together, but unsure of the future. Because Sinjin does go on to say, like, even though I'm super committed to this, we're going to have to make the effort together and we'll have to decide whether we want to be together or if we're going to have to break up. So, hmm, very interesting. Angela's story this week was pretty sad. I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, there's definitely nothing to snark on. And basically, she goes back to Georgia. And her mom is in the ICU. She has gone from being unresponsive to responsive. But... You know, pretty much days after she gets back to America, her mom passes away. She is really trying to, like, kind of keep it together. Skyla says, you know, she... My mom doesn't really wear her heart on her sleeve when it comes to, like, actual sadness type emotions, but... You know, like, I'm just trying to keep an eye on her. And you can tell that we've seen a very different side of Angela. A heartbroken side and a mourning side of her. And, you know, I felt bad for her. There's really no what thing to say. There, The last scene was of her uh, talking to Michael on FaceTime, smoking a cigarette in her bedroom. Which, like, man... <laughs> I, I've never seen somebody smoke a cigarette in their bedroom. That is the depth of smoking addiction that I am not accustomed to. But uh, 
she's like, well, Michael, what's the ETA for you to come to America? And he's like, oh, you know, it could be three, six, up to 18 months. Like, I don't know what Michael would know. He doesn't work at the embassy. But they, you know, same old same old story from them. Angel's like, I don't even know if this is really worth getting married. And even though I really want to be with him, like, you know, we don't know what the future holds. And what if this was all for nothing? And it basically kind of ended it being like, I hope somebody's able to see somebody at the embassy or the president, like just hoping that Donald Trump is a fan of 90 day fiance or like maybe Stephen Miller, which we know couldn't possibly be true. <laughs> but um, In the hopes that they're able to move their case along and bring Michael to America. I think it's very clear that Michael is not here now. Um, so we'll have to see. Has anybody spoken to Angela about how hypocritical it is to be a Trump supporter and also want all of your needs met when it comes to immigration? Has anybody sat her down? Any of her 17 grandkids said, Mama, this doesn't really make sense. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I hope that's happened. And I hope Sean Robinson, who never really gets down and dirty by asking these people questions, maybe ask that. The preview for <laughs> y'all, the preview for the tell all is Angela. Like, obviously, they're all, you know, recording via Skype. Angela's wearing a mask during the whole thing under her nose, which is fine because she's not around anybody why is she wearing a mask the whole and the audio is so bad like why didn't the productions be like Angela you don't have to wear the mask right now and it wasn't even like a non-medical mask it was like basically like a bandana god she looks like the like a true Marlboro cow cowboy here what a treat what an absolute treat this woman is and a nightmare by treat I mean like a terrible person I hope you guys know that uh, let's go to Andre and Libby. Charlie is still drunk as a skunk and he's trying to state his case to everyone who will listen, whether they speak English or not, Moldovan or not. Andre brings Charlie outside and is like, Charlie's like, you're trying to play my family. We're not gonna let that happen. You, oh, you spend my, my dad spends money on you, and I don't like it. Andre is actually being the most mature Andre we've ever seen on 
the show combined. And he's like, you know what? I really want to call ceasefire for right now. My wife, your sister, told me to behave and I'm going to listen to her. <laughs> Which Andre is this? <laughs> Not the one we've seen. But, you know, Charlie is not done. He, Marcel, Andre's friend, is like, what is going on with you? Andre's sister-in-law is like, calm the fuck down, bro. Like, you know, as much as she can say. And Charlie keeps calling his friend Marcel a punk, I guess, for being friends with Andre. And he's like, I'm going to knock you out. He goes to his dad and calls Chuck weak and... Like, can somebody get some salmon in this man? A bread? Get him a a piece of bread. Maybe it'll calm down. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with him? Like, I've heard through several people that the family of Andre is good. Everybody's fine. They get along. There's really no issue between them. And all the storyline was really messed up not messed up but um produced and fake but clearly chuck is fucking wasted like he's wasted and he's really taking the storyline false or not i honestly don't think i think the stuff with the family um continuing to be like oh what's really what is really happening with you Andre why did you leave Moldova why did you go to Ireland what's happening with your cop job that stuff I I could see being fake but (laughs) the stuff about him Charlie being like so jealous of the fact that Andre got this wedding got two weddings out of Chuck and I think he said that they spent like 30 grand on this wedding He's pissed. I genuinely think that this is real. This is real. But maybe, I don't know, because Andre's being so calm that maybe, I don't know. This is like a whole new Andre that we've seen. But yeah, Charlie is, somebody called Charlie a burp. (laughs) Somebody said Charlie looked like a burp. I just remember that. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he seems like a really jealous bitch and again I just want to say like Charlie's not gonna fight anybody okay Charlie's not gonna fight and Charlie's never been in a fight he's somebody who'll be like I'm gonna beat your ass like he'll go to like a a University of Florida football game and get drunk like do a keg stand with some PBR And, like, try to fight somebody, and then, like, somebody ends up pushing him over, and then he ends up peeing himself. Like, that is Charlie. We all know that Charlie, right? We all know what we're getting with him. Charlie, shut up. Okay, and I also heard that all of those seven siblings, the family Libby, are all full siblings. So, I'm gonna hold tight on my theory that, like, maybe Chuck didn't have money because he's a little bit older than uh Libby not too much but I have to imagine there's probably at least five years between them I have a feeling that like you know um like if you guys watch Real Housewives of Orange County you know Tamara's like ugly rat face Trump supporting QAnon 
Guns, God and Glory, Blue Lives Matter son Ryan, how he like showed his ass last season and was so jealous of Spencer, I think is her youngest son. The son that she had with uh Simon. He is so clearly jealous of the fact that Simon had a different life from him, that Simon got to not Simon, Spencer got to live behind the gates and like poor poor Ryan had to live you know ramen noodles for dinner for like the first seven years of his life and then then became rich and he, he's so jealous of Spencer for being rich his whole life he like fucking hates him that's what the vibes that I get between Char- Charlie and Libby like something happened with the finances to where Chuck was much more comfortable when Libby was younger than he was when Charlie was younger. And jealousy is like uncontainable and it's really gross to see. It's funny because he really looks like a bitch. Frankly, (laughs) he looks like a real bitch, but it's also just like, y'all grow up. Charlie has kids. He is married with children. Grow up, dude. Grow up. Fortunately, Chuck and Andre have a talk and they make up. Andre's actually being very contrite and apologetic for his past behavior and is like, I'm never going to treat you like that again. I don't want you to think that I'm taking advantage of you. Uh, and I want to move forward in a positive direction. Chuck accepts the apology and he says, you know, I don't really understand. Like, I've known Andre for, like, a couple years now, and I don't really get him, but I'm just gonna accept this apology, like, don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it. So Libby and Andre have a conversation off to themselves, and Libby's, like, pissed at this point because Charlie still keeps insisting that this is a conversation that needs to be had in the middle of a reception even though he said his piece to about 15 people at this wedding party, he is not going to let up until everybody in Moldova knows that Andre is being taken care of by his father. Libby gets ramped up and she's like, I just don't understand like why we have to do this. And she takes Andre aside and says, you know, I need to know like that you're, going to make everything okay with my family. And Andre's like, listen, I just apologize to your father. Everything is fine between us. Don't worry about it. But I also need you to know that your brother and your sister have made it hell for us and me in particular. And, you know, they're a complete other issue. I'm fine with your dad, but that is another fence that we're going to have to hop over, climb over. And deal with and Olivia's like, okay. She starts crying. <laughs> like in a good way. Like she's like, Oh, I love you so much, baby. Okay. God, they're such a weird couple. Let's move on to Colt, Eric, Larissa, Debbie, Jess, the cats, the whole family, right? Starting with Colt. Colt has also grown up in a way that I was not expecting. So we start off with them trying to clip their cat's nails with the claws with a human nail clipper. 
which, you know, as a pet expert, you can do, but you really shouldn't. It's a lot easier and safer for them if you do it with the actual pet clippers because it's more likely that their nails will get split, their claws will get split if you use the human ones. Like, you really have to know what you're doing. And given the cat's reaction, it was clear that Colty does not know what he's doing. Just spend the five ninety nine on the on the nail clippers. Like you're gonna get your money's worth out of it, Colt. Don't worry about it. We don't have to have a family nail clipper. We really don't. We really, really don't. Because you know he they all use it. They all use it. And there's no disinfecting happening. Not a not an alcohol swab per per swipe. Not happening. Not happening. So Colt and Debbie sit down. Colt's, you know, on his health kick now. He's getting his revenge body. So he decides to order some vegan mac and cheese. And Debbie thinks it's pronounced vegan. Vegan. And she's like, well, where's the G? And he's like, it's in the vegan. Gah. What do you think? A G. Vegan. Hello. <laughs> so... Colt is being kind of like quiet and evasive and Debbie's like, you know what? I know my son and I know how he is and how he can, I'll ask him how he's doing and he'll evade the answer. So she asks him like, you know, what's going on with you? And Colt says, you know what? Honestly, like, I don't always want to tell you my feelings. I feel like as we, I get older, I have so such a small amount of privacy with you that like, I just kind of have to keep some things to myself. And Debbie is like pissed. She's pissed. (laughs) Debbie thinks that Jess, she's still trying to blame everything going wrong in Cole's relationships on the women that he partners himself with. And she says that Jess went after Colt hook, line and sinker, which is not how the phrase goes. Debbie, is Debbie okay? Like, has Debbie always been like this with the Ramona Singer style mispronunciation of the words and the wrong phrase use? Or is like the vegan cheese getting to her? Is she okay? Is it throwing it her off? <sighs> Colton says like, you know, your interference in my life is a little bordering on brazen and it's becoming more clear to me that like you kind of treat me He doesn't say like a girlfriend, but that's basically what he's saying. Like, you treat me like they do. And these women view you as competition because, yeah, they view you as competition because they treat, you treat me like you cook for me, you clean for me. You're doing all these things that are not quite like a mother and more like a romantic partner. And... Then he kind of tries to brighten it up by being like, I love you so much and I want you in my life. And, you know, if we have more of a separation, I'll get to know you better and I'll get to know more about your life. And Debbie says, why don't you get to know yourself better? And then maybe you can get to know me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That is the weirdest. And this is how you know that their relationship is weird. Weird weird you guys 
Then she tells production, like, you know what? If he wants to be treated like a man, then I'm going to start stop making his bed. And it'll be a cold day in hell before I wash his clothes again. Girl, I would hope so. The man is in his 30s. Why are you making his bed? You don't think that's weird? She's acting like it's like it's so weird that like he hasn't gotten himself together, but like why are you going in his bedroom and making his bed, Debbie? Why are you washing his clothes? You should have been not been doing that, lady. Ugh. Ugh. Get real. Get real. <laughs> Get real. Oh my god, she is truly so mad. She gets up to go to the bathroom and he tries to hold her hand at one point and she like takes her hand back, snatches it back and like, I have to go to the bathroom. <sighs> well, I hope when you're in there, you look in the mirror and see where your life is going. Because you have dedicated your life to your son in a way that is unhealthy for both of y'all. For both of y'all. <sighs> Moving on to unhealthy and strange relationships that make no sense to me. Eric and Larissa, Lord, it has been one night since Larissa got her surgery done and Eric is completely overwhelmed with how much of a helping hand he's had to give Larissa. He says he feels like he's training to be a father as he's like spooning yogurt in her mouth. Eric, he's such a drama queen. He goes on to say, like, yeah, yeah, like, it's cool that she got her new boobs and stuff, but, like, I haven't even thought about sex since she got them. Like, Eric, it's been, like, nine hours. <laughs> and then he says, I know it'll be a while until we have sex, but and it'll give me more time to be prepared. For what? Eric, what are you not, what is happening? What do you need, what do you need to be prepared for? What do you need to be prepared for? <laughs> she got her nose and her boobs done. She didn't get vaginoplast. There's nothing you have to prepare for. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's very strange. Um, so then they have to go back to the surgeon for their 24-hour checkup. And this is how you know. He's... Come on, dude. Come on. They check her boobs. They go in the office and they check her boobs. And she had... Did y'all notice that there was something in between that like looked like a penis... But it had like, it was like wrapped in gauze, like flesh colored gauze. So it really looked like a dick. What was that? If y'all have gotten your boobs done, can you, can you tell me what that is? Y'all. Larissa came in there with like those pajamas, like those two set, the button down and the pants and like, she looked like Michael Jackson. Like, we're just going to have to be honest about that. The black hair, the nose. <laughs> she also looked fucking zooted she looked knocked out but everything's fine they're not due to go back to the office for another week mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from moonpig Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Eric keeps going on. He keeps being so dramatic and about how he's like, you know, I'm going to have to keep going there are bullets flying and I'm in the danger zone. Like this is elective surgery, not operation Iraqi freedom. Like Eric, (laughs) again, he's not even, she's not even been out of the hospital for 24 hours. And he is like acting as if he's in a real life call of duty situation. I guess she had been, you know, up through the night. He had to ice her nose for several hours. Like Florence Nightingale. (laughs) Poor Eric, Eric E. Nightingale. Oh my gosh. So the next scene we see is Larissa much more healed, much more on the path to, you know, her normal, her new normal. And we get this like, she's all that, like after the makeover, slow motion of her walking to the pool. She's going to be meeting up with a couple of her friends for this first time, show them all the work that she had done. And I will say, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. She looked better because I think she was probably, I mean, I think the swelling has to go down for quite some time before you really see the full effect of, especially with the face. She looked better, a little bit swollen than she does now. And that's just my truth. I don't really love like a super upturned nose. Like, it's just not natural where it's like the, like you, I don't know. It's like, it's just a little too upturned for me. A little too like Disney animation, like back in the day, like 1920s. That's just my truth. You know what? If she likes it, I love it. This is not my face, so I'm not really that concerned about it, but titties are huge. They are big. But you know what? She is very happy. Her friends are probably basically giving the same reactions that I am like, damn, look at them titties. One of them says she looks like a porn star. And they're like, okay, well, great. Larissa says she wants to get her tummy done next. And Eric says, you know what? I'm not going to be your your, uh, certified nurse again. We already made that. We already had that talk. It's not happening. Um, then they announced that they have, so when she moved back into Eric's house, they were living in separate bedrooms, but they have now moved into the same bedroom, but they're separate beds. (laughs) All I can imagine is like Willy Wonka when all his like little decrepit, like uncle and grandparents were living in that same bed together. They seem to think that this is, like, the perfect setup for them. 
they're closer in vicinity, but, you know, it's a separate togetherness, if you will. Okay. Her friends think this is very strange. I do as well. Larissa says that they're having a lot more sex, but Eric says not enough. And I just feel like Eric says things, you know. I don't think they have attraction to one another. I'm not going to speculate on anybody's sexuality. I will just say that I do not think that there's any sexual attraction between the two of them. But whatever arrangement they have, great. They're like a new Liza and David guest. Or Elizabeth Taylor and David guest. And I love that for them. I really do. Anyway, let's move on to our last couple. Are we on our last couple? Kalani and Asuelu. Shocking. Shocking, shocking that they had the most compelling um, storyline. And it really didn't happen until the end of the season, but I loved it. And I, I really like, I loving Kalani standing on her own. <sighs> Good for you, Miss Independent. So they're going to the house that Tammy, her, uh, the Swaylu sister, and, uh, <laughs> and um, his mom are staying at. Not to take them to the apartment, but just, or not the airport, but to see them off before they fly back to Washington. So... On the way there, <clears throat> Kalani's like, you know what? This felt conversation that we had with them felt like a step in the right direction. But Kalani's still kind of worried about Tammy because, as we all know, Tammy really did not. She was strong, as strong as her jaw is, firm in her decision to, you know, keep on with the fact that she thinks that the Swaylu should be giving up the money and that also he should be getting a divorce from Kalani. So, <clears throat> Asuelu's, you know, like, I'm hopeful that when we see Tammy at the house that she doesn't try to beat Kalani up, which, like, I have to laugh because Kalani's a big girl, and I don't, I don't think she would disagree. She's a large woman, and not even fat, she's just very tall, and just, like, a bigger girl. I, I wouldn't, Kalani could beat my ass, like, no problem. I have no doubt in my mind that that's true. So for Tammy to think that she's got any stake in this game is laughable to me. But anyway, uh, they get to the house and Tammy left. She left early because she just like wasn't trying to have it. She got an earlier flight. And Asuelu's mom is like, you know, I'm really happy that things, we got things fixed between us. And she's like, but before I leave, like, I need money. <laughs> she was just kidding. But, you know, I was like, you know what? Little, little too soon on that one, sis. A little too soon on that. But then we get to a few weeks later. The kids are at home. Kalani and Asuelu go out to dinner. And she says that they've really been taking steps towards moving forward. Asuelu's been a lot more communicative. And things have been a lot more pleasant. They've been going to therapy. They've been talking to each other as a family. And she seems actually pretty hopeful. 
Swilu uh says that he's basically like ever since Kalani kind of laid it down the gauntlet on our relationship I've been really scared so I've been trying to make the effort and we're about two sips in to this old-fashioned Kalani and she's feeling it she's loving her life she is drunk so she has a waiter for some pens and some paper so they can work on their homework that the therapist gave us and Oswaloo's like this is the Oswaloo I love he's like you're supposed to do homework at home you don't do homework at the cocktail place and I have to agree with you on that but he relents and they decide to do it so their homework was to write down their names on a piece of paper and write down what they think that their individual household chores are to be and what they think that the household responsibilities of their partners are so basically Oswaloo was like you know what I will take the trash out my trash I will clean up after myself in the kitchen. I will sometimes clean the bathroom. I will do my laundry. And I think that your duties are to take care of the children, do everything that you have to do to clean up after yourself, and I'm just going to put rest at the end of it. Just take a, take a rest after that. <laughs> Kalani's like, you're kidding, right? So you're just expecting to clean up after yourself and that I'm responsible for both of our children, 100% and myself. You don't see how maybe that's a little bit unfair, a little uneven. He's like, well, I can't feed the babies. And granted, yeah, she's still breastfeeding. She can't do that. But she's like, did you ever think that like, maybe you should help me with the child rearing at all? He's like, well, I do that. And you know what? I'm happy to, you know, you you can clean inside and I'll clean outside. I will clean up the apples in the yard. And Kalani's like, I don't give a shit about the apples. <laughs> They're like little crab apples that fall out of the tree. He's like, I, I really don't care about the apples. That is not going to change my life whatsoever. <laughs> You're only doing this because you like to rake. Let's be real. <laughs> and, um... So then he, you know, he kind of just agrees, like, you know what? You're, I love you so much. You're the pineapple of my life. And I'm going to help you more. Kalani is drunk. And she says, you know what? We're basically in the same place that we were before. But you know what the difference is? Right now she's drunk. And because she's drunk, she's feeling more hopeful about the relationship. Lord, Lord, Lord. So that doesn't last long. Because the screen pops up and says, you know, it's been three months since we last filmed with them. Since that, obviously, COVID has happened. It's hit America. It's hit Utah. And the relationship has really taken a turn for the worse. And because of COVID, there's been, in the quarantine, there's been a lot more stress on their marriage. So Kalani's filming, you know, by herself. They obviously gave her a camera. And she says that Asuelo's basically living his life like it's golden. Completely normal. He's going out, going to the store, playing volleyball with his friends. Like, And also, when he comes home, he lies about where he's been and acting like nothing. I can imagine that the health food store, the frozen yogurt, yogurt shop that Asuelo works at, has probably been closed. So there's really no reason for him to just like leave and then lie about where he's been 
It really doesn't strike me as like a very good liar. He doesn't seem very adept. So Kalani's over it. And she's like, you know what? He came home one day. We got into a big fight. And I booked his ass a one-way ticket back to his mom's house in Washington. So then Kalani has a scene where she's talking to her mom on Sheena Swaloo's bed. And it's so ironic because they have a chalkboard over their bed. And on the chalkboard says, K Hearts L and we've decided on forever. <laughs> As she's talking to her mom about how she's done with this relationship and she wants to get a divorce. So we find out that she put a tracker on Azuelu's phone. He went out, went to go play volleyball. When he came back, he lied. And she's like, well, I know where you've been. Here's the pin, young man. And he was like, well, you know what? I had to lie to you because I knew that you would get mad. And she's like, you're damn right. You're not going to like keep going out like nothing's happening. And then coming back to my children. And if you want to expose people in a house and act like you can do whatever you want, then you can do that at your mom's house. So how about that? Kalani's mom is like kind of crying, but she's also like, honestly, I don't really care that they're breaking up. Like, I feel bad for Kalani. But like, Asuelu is trash. So like, I don't really care. I'm good. She's good over here. We both have our long, flowing, very thick, beautiful hair. Like, not a concern in the world for me. Asuelu says, I think I understand about COVID. And I just feel like I've been really careful with the volleyball. But Kalani's overreacting. So the end of them, their scenes, and the season and the episode is of Kalani taking Asuelu to the shuttle that will take him to Vegas, that will get him on the plane to Washington and back to his mom's house. So I I really, you know, I, 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 I can't even say, like, for the sake of the children, I wish that they were together because I don't feel we have not seen any evidence of him contributing to his child's life. Like, he seems like he kind of just like looks at them occasionally as he's playing his video games and calls one of his sons farty boy. But outside of that, it's like, mm, you're not really contributing. So sorry, boy. Sorry. You're, who's the farty boy now? All right. Fart your way. Fart your ass back to Washington. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back with uh, highlights from the tell-all. Thank you guys. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.